Toggle to me. Hey guys, welcome to Talk Tongle. I'm your host, Caleb Van Voris, and uh, this week on the episode, we have a really uh, exciting guest. I was actually really pumped to talk to him um, because he did a, a very large project with Tongle, and it was a huge uh, success and a big, exciting contest. Uh, we have Jordan Harrow, who won, if you remember from last year, last April, he won the American Documentary Contest uh, with uh, DirecTV. So this was a broadcast, you know, feature-length movie um, that was playing on TV, and uh, he won. And so he got nominated for two Tongis, uh, Best Original Content and Video of the Year. So I was really excited to kind of talk to him and learn more about this project. I will go ahead and let you know that uh, I was able to get up with him while he was driving from L.A. to Texas. So it is a phone recording that you're going to hear. But the insights into you know what went into this project and the thought process and uh, the production are so cool. So you're going to want to hear it. And disclaimer number two, and I'm so sorry, Jordan and, and listeners, but uh, I forgot. It was like a weird uh, phone conversation recording app, so I uh, somehow messed up and didn't record like the first minute. But basically what I said was, uh, you know, hey, welcome to the show, Jordan. And he was like, hey, thanks for having me. And uh, so that was pretty much what you missed. Um, I'll give some brief just kind of uh, backstory on what this documentary is about. And then we kind of jumped into talking about this this big project he did for Dunkel. So for those of you who haven't seen it, I'll give you a little bit of backstory. It's called The Rush Brothers, and it's about three brothers who, uh, you know, had their lives changed through basketball. They were all drafted to the NBA, and uh, Jerron, the oldest brother, was the number one draft pick, but then he ended up not being able to play through a series of national scandals. Kareem, the middle one, is now working to build a training academy in their hometown. Brandon, the youngest, is uh, actually just won an NBA championship last year. So it's kind of their story and what they're doing now and kind of how basketball changed all their lives. And Jordan had previously met Kareem in L.A. And so he kind of had heard his story and knew that there was an exciting story there to tell. So he already had planned to film this documentary. And then Tongo came along in this kind of golden opportunity to get, you know, funding and sponsored uh, just a rose. And he applied and got it. So I'm sorry again that uh, I missed the first you know minute or two of this interview, but there's still a good 20 minutes or so of you know us talking about the production and what went into it and just kind of some insights there. So here you go. So, uh, do you still talk to them, or is that was it kind of like uh, you know you made that movie and then went your separate ways? You know, I mean, we we definitely are all connected in one way or another, uh, whether it's Facebook or. Right. Texting every once in a while, you know, Jerron, oldest brother, got married like a month or two ago. And, you know, I mean, the, the relationship we had while we're making that was definitely very different. Um, you now it's, it's kind of more just, uh, you know, a little more distant. Yeah. Like how, so, how did you pitch it to him? Were you like, kind of, you know, hey guys, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like it would be a sensitive thing, especially for Jerron. Like, hey, I want to make this movie about how you did it. Make it kind of, you know. I mean, so how yeah, you it was like, it was a tough it was a tough thing because there actually was a documentary that that was made. These guys are all from Kansas City, and there was a Kansas mm-hmm. City like public access or local sports some somebody who made this this hour and a half, two hour long documentary explicitly just about how Jerron failed. And like that oh, was God. And they interviewed him and like his coach and 
to other people, and it and and even the production of it felt more akin to like uh, Tim and Eric mm-hmm. sketch or something. There was this very just clunky, clunky, ineffective, and very negative tone. Everything about it, and uh, I think it really pissed him off. And it, I know he was very hesitant to be a part of any documentary after that. Yeah, I bet. And I know that um, even just other people in Kansas City were like, like "Yeah, we saw that." And, yeah, he, it was funny because that project actually his two other brothers. Uh, didn't want to have anything to do with that other piece, and uh, uh-huh. you know, luckily, Kareem, the middle brother, and, and Brandon, and Kareem found the team, and uh, Brandon was down to do whatever Kareem was, was uh, you know, co-signing on. So it was that made it easier for me. But yes, like to convince Sharon, it took a few a few dinners, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, putting my cards on the table and, and really trying to show that I'm not trying to exploit him. Right. So, Especially, I, I don't live in Kansas City, so it, it made it kind of a weird dynamic in that way. So you just kind of like, I'm trying to imagine it, you like just kind of took, so you knew Kareem, but then kind of came in, took him out to dinner and was like, hey, I want to make this movie about, you know, I want to tell this story, because it's kind of a different story than just about Jerron failing. Like, that's not the moral of this story. No. At right. least that I got. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really funny, actually, because, like I said, I had this thing going in some way for years prior, but I actually never had met Jerron. Uh-huh. Um, when we started filming, again, when I was in film school, we had zero money. Um, we, I think Jerron was under house arrest. Um, and on the, you know, I wasn't able to fly out to Kansas City. It just our paths never crossed. Yeah. And um, I was using archival footage for this earlier sizzle that I used to just oh, show yeah. that this guy exists. And um, it was actually footage from that other documentary. And um, you know, obviously that's no good for making a movie. So I had to meet him at some point, but. Um, I had made plans to go to Kansas City and just, you know, I kind of reached a boiling point of, like, I need to go make this movie myself. I'm going to go meet Jerron and just film this and just live with whatever the consequences are. Literally the day before I left to go on that trip, I um, got an email from Tongle saying that I was chosen as a finalist in the competition and would I like to, you know, confirm my participancy in, in this, wow. this, uh, this thing. And, I, and then that was kind of where I was like, okay, this has got to be fake. You know? Kind of do or die at that point. Like, you had to... It was literally the night before I left. Like, 9 p.m. My flight was at, like, 8 a.m. the next day. So you I, were flying out there? Yeah. No, I, 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 I responded to them about when we'll have our, you know, conference call about all this, and we had the call the next morning while I was in the airport. Oh, wow. Kansas City. Yeah. So it was, it was very serendipitous and very cool, but 
that kind of puts the pressure on to be like, okay, like I've got to get your on on board. Um, and, um, you know, it, it definitely took some, some, um, you know, some, some finesse. And, yeah. You know, there, there was, there was pressure, but I also had to be sensitive to him. Well, at that point too, I guess you kind of have some like, a little bit of like, well, you got, I guess, pitch money if they gave, you know, and kind of some, like, backing behind you saying, like, you're not just some random filmmaker at that point. Like, you have, you know, like, DirecTV wants to make this, is interested in this story, so you can kind of, I would guess, use that to, you know, help pitch it to them. For sure. I mean, that that made it everything a lot easier, um, and honestly, it just turned up the volume on everything. Like, I... I I'll never forget that next 24 hours flying to Kansas City. And, um, it's like even just kind of the little things logistically of trying to find a place to stay, uh, you know, like just or, or finding a, a DP or, you know, fi- just finding the, these little leads that build out a more fleshed out film, you know, it's, it, it's all made a little easier when, yeah, you've, yeah. Direct TV. Right. Right. So, so was it just? So that was going to be my next question. You mentioned DP. Was it? Uh, was it just you and and them, or did you have like a team, or what was it like? Kind of on set. How did that all work? Yeah. I mean, it, it was really. I, I don't know if there is a conventional documentary set. <laughs> I've worked in <laughs> right. a lot of different environments, but I've I've definitely worked in a narrative set many a time and it's just nowhere near that and I, I'd say like most dates it was like say in Kansas City it was myself and a very trusted DP who lives in Kansas City um, and uh, you know it just so happened that he I mean I, I met him in the process of this meeting a DP I didn't know him prior and he's incredibly talented and yeah. uh, Happened. It, it was funny. I DirecTV had a stipulation uh, that they required a 4K deliverable, um, which was something interesting about this, this project. So it, you know, that's I, a I huge also, 4K is a lot of that file it, size. Yeah, it's every kind of it's it's hard drive, it's file size, it's all this stuff, and and um, you know, it, it's cool because you know ultimately you're going to have a great looking film, right? No oh, yeah. What, okay. it's, Huh. But um, you know, luckily I I found a DP fantastic uh, Red Dragon. Um, oh, nice. So most of the time, most of the time it was us just kind of running around Kansas City. Um, I had another DP who's a friend of mine in LA, where we would kind of go on little missions around the country, uh, whether it was in San Francisco or North Carolina or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, there was probably I think the biggest, the most crewed up we were was in San Francisco, where we spent time with the Warriors and interviewed all three of them together and got them all playing basketball together. We had maybe eight, seven or eight people um, as far as just crew. But was that probably like the coolest moment? I don't know. Like, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, I bet. And it it was it was very cathartic. Um, I mean, everyone. I spoke with who was interviewed that knew these guys for their entire life. 
man, I, I don't remember the last time I saw them all together, you know, unless they yeah. it all on camera. Right, um, kind of seeing it all come together. Sure, sure. Cool. Well, very cool. So, like I said earlier, so we got, uh, you know, obviously did very well, and it got nominated for Best Original Content in Video of the Year. You're going out to the Tongis for two awards. Uh, are you excited for that? I'm incredibly excited. You know, I, I never even really put it together that it was, that this was about, like, that there was an award ceremony, that there was, yeah. uh, I, I don't know. And um, I'm pretty pumped. It, it feels like a nice, um, bookends to, to the whole process for sure. Definitely. Um, what do you think, you know, so that, I mean, you had a huge success then with your, I guess, first project with Tongle. Do you think you'll keep uh, pitching more to them or, like, do you want to do more projects uh, or or was it kind of just, that's, that was just kind of the platform to make this, this one documentary, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm definitely open to it. You know, it's, it's funny. I I remember I think finding a link to this this next great American documentary competition with DirecTV and Tongo or whatever. Uh, right. Somewhere on it was maybe like IndieWire and film school. I don't know. And mm-hmm. I mean, I was literally in a coffee shop, uh, unemployed. I uh, just. But the company I was working for uh, went under, and I it, I was in that state of mind of just um, you know just looking around, around like throwing throwing shit at a wall and seeing it sticks. Yeah, I, definitely. And, and to be honest, I didn't even remember like when I got the message saying congratulations, you're a finalist. I didn't remember submitting to that because I just there were so many of these. Yeah. that I'm just casting into a fire somewhere. Just hoping, you know, yeah, something works hopefully, out. Hopefully, yeah, you just say a prayer and hopefully, hopefully something works. But um, I'll say the one thing I do know is this process has changed my perspective on that kind of a process uh-huh. of, you know, you, you read about people who get selected for grants or get selected for, uh, you know, whatever, any of these, these right. really golden opportunities you see. Like one, yeah, one, once in a lifetime kind of, uh, you know. Yeah, like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm from Texas. You know, I, I don't have any relatives in the film industry, you know. And, right. And uh, growing up, wanting to be a part of, you know, trying to make movies and, and kind of working my way into it and small ways through little back doors and, you know, seeing this, this, these processes of development and it just seems like so tricky um, yeah. and, and can, can really kind of take a toll on, on your confidence and um, it just seems like you really have to win the lottery or something and it really is kind of assuring in a way to see these, these platforms like that that really try to uh, kind of... Yeah kind of shake that up, I guess, and disrupt that. I, I don't know. Um, but just really allow someone with an idea. You know, I, I think what you were talking about with, with the format of, of is it open to any documentary idea? And, and I think that they had suggested two 
styles of like a document, like, like a documentary within a certain narrative. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't remember what they were. It was like a mafia story or something else. And then the third option oh, yeah. was the third option was like a, 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 a like open ended thing. But um, and and you know that that was really a blessing to kind of have that open endedness or else. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. So that is, I guess, you know, the kind of moral there could be, you know, just kind of keep, uh, you know, up, I guess putting your name out there, putting your ideas and your work out there, and, and hopefully, you know, eventually someone will see it, and if it's a good idea, like, not give up on it. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's like, the amount of ideas I feel like people have, you know, whether or not they've acted on, like, a little bit towards making it work or whatever. Just any anything that's not fully uh, realized yet or whatever. Yeah. That little idea that's, like, lingering in the back of their head. Um, and you know you could make it work one way or another. Um, it, it almost, at least I'm the kind of person that that's the need. Like, inside of me, that, that little notion eventually starts to wear on me and like if I can't try to at least express this idea one way or another try to make it happen and you know whether I fail or succeed at it uh-huh. um, it's 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 like you know, at least you try you know that, right that's at least yeah reality that I think these these templates and these platforms allow you to, to kind of experience, like, well, at least, you know, a try, you know, maybe... Because if you don't try, movie, you'll always, you'll always, like, wonder and regret. Right. You'll, you'll have regret or, or whatever, and it's just toxic. You know? Very cool, man. Well, that's, I mean, I appreciate that kind of, like, insight to that, pro- insight to that project, because, I mean, like I said, it came out really well, and it was a big deal on the site, and, uh, pretty cool so where uh, if someone wanted to watch it they could go to your Tongo profile or your Vimeo right is that the best place for someone to see it now um you know okay so I think there's a couple ways if you have DirecTV or AT&T I believe you can watch it on your TV or I think there's like an online platform that you can go through them uh, on the audience channel the audience channel okay because um, it's technically uh, an original piece yeah. owned by DirecTV now. And, um, however, if, I, I'm not certain, I think on the Tonga website, they just have the shorter fizzle that I made. Um, well, God. there's like, I think they have both. I'm, I have it pulled up. Uh, oh, they do? They do have, okay. yeah. Well, they're like, there's an hour version. Is that the long one, the full one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the one. There you go. I, um, I was going to say, if, if they didn't, you could just find me on Twitter or whatever, shoot me a message, and I have, like, a private link. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's so, well, very cool. Um, well, I guess just uh, from there, I don't know, is there, like, I've also, I've checked out your website a little bit, so I saw you did a bunch of other, uh, I don't know, like, you have a really awesome Nike and, like, uh, Lily Blitzer and some, like, music videos, so... So it looks like, you know, you're doing a lot of other stuff. What's uh, what's your favorite? Or is there one thing you want to, con- like, to concentrate on? Or, like, because um, it kind of seems like you got a lot of cool projects. Yeah. You know, one of the hardest things I've 
had to realize just about trying to work as a professional in the film industry is how to, especially as a freelancer, how to uh, kind of present yourself that, you know, being in, the, in some yeah. way that an agency or whoever can easily understand what you do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the sports content was really shown through as something that I love to do. And, um, like, like so far, people want to be doing sports content with me involved in some form, which is very cool. So, hopefully, trying to do more stuff in that lane, whether it's a commercial or you know, trying to get a documentary off the ground or you know, something I'm really interested in, in trying to focus on now is trying to get um, narrative narrative work off the ground that might be in yeah. the sports lane. Um, I'm a huge Friday Night Lights fan of, of you know, epic proportions being from Texas and uh, oh, right, I, right. stuff like that just really gets me going. So like that, I guess would be something like an long goal. Um, but uh, yeah, well, I also thought you did some like uh, production assistant work on the Wolverine, like that. I don't know how yeah. was that. Uh, what was that? Were you like on set? Like was that pretty badass or what? Um, I, you know, that was not as badass as it may look. I was in the office mainly. I, I was on, I think I went to set twice. And, uh, oh, okay. Well, yeah. then we'll just, we'll make up a story and say you were like one of the guys Wolverine killed <laughs> or like, make some really cool. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I was getting Hugh Jackman's steroid uh, supplement. Yeah. No. no, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'd say, the interesting thing about really just kind of in hindsight what this project has enabled me to do just psychologically uh, is almost you know just rewatching the Matrix last night you know time yeah. like before he can like use his mind the way that he wants it to be used you know and and, um, and then there's the time where he has realize what he could be or you know it's a pretty like crazy analogy but I, I think that you know the time before making a feature length documentary I, it was more about me trying to just oh here's a PH I'll do it I'll do anything and um, it got to be kind of dizzy and I never got to really focus on what it was that I wanted to do and going through the motions of making a feature film raising money on a Kickstarter for it and really kind of zeroing in on, on this creative endeavor kind of enables me to just go toward, like, I, I know who I am right. as a creative person, and I, I, I know the stories that I want to be telling more, so. Definitely. Well, awesome, man. I mean, so that's, I guess, probably about it. Do you have anything else you want to plug or anything else you're working on you wanted to talk about before we uh, let you go? Um... And right now I'm just uh I don't know, I'm trying to eat. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm I'm I just finished up uh producing behind the scenes of a, a new show on FX and uh Oh cool. I'm um hopefully gonna try to get some short films off the ground and um who knows, it it's been a minute since I've, I've checked in on Tongle and I might have to Yeah, check in and uh some ideas out there. <laughs> 
Awesome, man. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to be out at the Tungis, too, so I'm sure we'll be there and hang out. It's, it's supposed to be a crazy time. It's my first time. But, uh, I'm, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time to kind of talk and give us some insight. But, um, yeah, we'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk to you there. Thank you so much, Caleb. I, yeah, I look forward to meeting you in person. All right. Sounds good. Have a safe rest of your drive. Thanks, man. Take care. All right. We'll see you. Talk tongle to me. Thanks again for listening, guys. Hope you were able to understand everything through the uh, phone interview. And, uh, you know, I thought it was just such a cool interview and such exciting insight that I, I wanted to share. And I didn't care if it wasn't, you know, studio mic quality, but um, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, give us a like on Facebook at Talk Tongle and subscribe on iTunes. If there's anyone specific you want to hear from, you know, let us know in the comments or anything specific you want to hear about, let us know. But we will see you next time.